While Homeschooling Podcast. Our mission is to help homeschooling parents make money, maybe even have a career, while continuing to homeschool and without losing their sanity. My name is Julie. I am your host and the resident career coach for WorkingWhileHomeschooling.com. I want to thank you all for joining us here for season four. Today's episode is what we are using for homeschool this year. But first, a brief announcement. The concept of full year homeschool schedule planning is all about keeping your sanity. Learn how to plan an entire homeschool year all at once. As a working homeschooling mom for eight years now, I know that even a little bit of pre-planning can save a whole lot of my sanity moving forward. And now for just $35, not only do you receive this one and a half hour long course, Grouping all homeschool planning together not only saves your time and energy, but it lowers your stress in the long term, in addition to help keeping great notes for your evaluation portfolios. My organization and system assists you in keeping to the learning goals you set for each child and yet opens new doors for creativity and dealing with the unexpected. Check out my course, Planning and Organizing Your Entire Homeschool Year, now just for $35. I look forward to walking you through the steps to organize your entire homeschool year all at once. So today's episode is all about what resources and how we are homeschooling in our home for this particular year. I'm going to be honest with you. It took me all summer, and I do mean all summer, to really figure this out and nail stuff down for this particular year. We threw out some stuff. We pulled in a bunch of new resources. I had to do a ton of research and a ton of like, you know, just kind of commitment phobia before I locked certain things down over this year, but we finally got it all settled. And I wanted to share this episode much, much earlier than I am, but frankly, it took me far too long to figure out what we were going to use, but we figured it out. We are fully into this semester. So at least now I can tell you how it's working. So to set us up and kind of explain our situation to any new listeners, I am homeschooling an eighth grader and a 10th grader this year. My kids happen to be very, very, very independent. They do not want mom involved because anything mom does is lame. You know, we're fully into that phase of life right now. Can't wait till they move to the other side of it, but we are fully into that right now. They don't want me sitting down and kind of sitting in a circle and teaching a lesson. They are not into that. And in fact, if I suggest it, it immediately gets shut down because that's boring and that's lame. Anything mom's involved with is lame. Just kind of remember that we're in that teen phase. So they want to do this all by themselves. And I've had to take that in consideration more and more as they get older. So we have a rule. If you don't want me involved, fine. I will continue to look for programs and look for resources where you can be fully independent. But the second your grades go down, or I notice that you're not truly committing to your schoolwork and you're not doing it, I'm kind of inserting myself into this situation and getting all up in your business. And I say that to them very, very matter of factly. It's non-negotiable. They know it's non-negotiable. So it doesn't get argued with. And they know how to keep me out of their business. 
do their schoolwork and do it well. So if I find them slacking or the grades go down or whatever, I kind of get up in their grill and make it unfun again. So they are more internally motivated because they don't want mom around. So, you know, kind of a little reverse psychology there. Now, because of them wanting this independence, we have been slowly moving more and more to online programs, online classes. We're using more one-on-one tutoring this year because of co-ops not happening and in-person classes continuing to get canceled because of COVID restrictions in our area is continuing to get canceled because of COVID restrictions in our area. We are currently living under very, very strict COVID restrictions where we are currently at. So things open and close on a whim, it feels like. And in my homeschool planning, I decided to kind of preempt some of that as much as I could. One of the things that really makes this work for us is the fact that I plan our entire homeschool year out at one fell swoop and I save everything in kind of Excel spreadsheets, print out that week's assignments for that week each week. This is a course that is available that you can find through my website. It's planning out your entire homeschool year at once. I know, very creative name, but it works. I know we have to move next summer. So I've worked backwards from May 31st and I pre-programmed our entire year. A couple of our courses had to start in early August. We weren't real thrilled with that. I wasn't real thrilled with that because I didn't want to start school that early, but I had to in order to make sure everything got done, which means I was able to think about that in July and figure all of that out instead of realizing late March, oh my gosh, we're not going to finish. And um, what am I supposed to do? And so as part of our cover school situation, there's paperwork I need to do. And frankly, I need all my kids to be completely done so that I can get all that paperwork in before I move. So, you know, there's considerations I had to take into account. You know, winter break is not as long as I would like and so on, but I was able to plan for that in advance. It massive help for my anxiety, anxiety queller and stress queller because, you know, all my plannings or all my organization is already done. One thing I've noticed as my kids are more and more independent, the first week of their homeschool work, I plan nothing. I try to plan as few client calls as I can. I plan no big projects for me to work on. I try to take a very light week that week during work so that I can focus on them because the first week or two, they are going to need more help and explanations. That's when I sit down and explain the course. This is how it's going to look. This is where you're going to find the things you're going to need. I walk them through it. You know, when it's online course, courses, frankly, they're going to need help with logons and the technical support and all that kind of stuff. And then as they get more comfortable with it, my involvement starts to lessen each week. This year, that didn't happen. My involvement really didn't lessen until the tail end of their courses because we made some very huge adjustments in how we do things. So I couldn't depend on the way I did things last year. We're using new programs and they have their way of doing things and we have to basically fit in with their way. That has been a huge change for me because I've always had a lot more control over their classwork. So now that I've done all that explanation, let me go into what we are actually using for this school year. For math, we are still using teaching textbooks. We are very happy with teaching textbooks and I love teaching textbooks and I don't ever plan to change it. Now I'm still old school. I still purchase their CD-ROMs and I purchase, you know, the actual notebook to go with the CD-ROM. They have new versions like 4.0 now where 
you can do it on a tablet. I've never moved to that because I've always said I didn't want to be tied to the internet in order for them to complete math. Funny this year, most of their classes are online, so we're tied to the internet. But I like having the CD-ROM. The kids like having the workbook. I would rather not do the workbook. The kids want it, so I suck it up and purchase it. This year, we are doing geometry and algebra one. We also added a math tutor this year for my youngest. Last year was miserable. Every single time I tried to help her with her math, I only made it worse. Her grades were sliding and sliding and sliding. And guys, this is my STEM kid. Okay. This is my math kid. We didn't jump the curriculum. I really don't think it was the curriculum's fault. You know, teaching textbooks always worked well for us. She works a full year ahead of her age already. So what we did is add in a math tutor and he comes once a week, sits down with her for an hour and goes over every single problem that she's missed that week. Half the time, it's just like stupid math errors. You know, we all do them, but then he can help her with the conceptual stuff and kind of moving into the higher levels of math, like algebra, geometry, and algebra two, that's going to be very, very useful to make sure she is conceptually sound before we move any further ahead. For science, we are doing apologia. Now we have been with Apologia for a while. I am satisfied with our Apologia experience. Not exactly over the moon thrilled, but I am highly satisfied. There are some things that kind of drive us nuts when you're you know, reading the book. We kind of get a little annoyed with some of the things that come up in the curriculum. However, the science portion itself is very, very sound. If it ain't broke, I'm not going to fix it. So right now we are sticking with apology of science that may change in the future, but right now we're sticking with apology of science. My oldest is doing biology. My youngest is doing physical science. Biology came out with a online self-paced course this year because of time zones. It is virtually impossible for us to deal with live classes online. So I need a self-paced option. And that's why the live classes really have never worked for us. But that biology course this year has a self-paced grades that kid for me and I am loving it. She is doing pretty well in that course. Actually, some people's kids have a lot of difficulty with it, but frankly, we're doing pretty well by her following that online self-paced course. I did buy some of the extraneous things to go with the class. I invested in a microscope because I know I have another kid who's going to use it. So it was a worthwhile investment. I got the little slides to kind of go with this biology course. So I did some investment in, so let's say, science kits stuff for both kids. I was an acting major, not a STEM kid. So I'm willing to invest in these to make sure the kids have a good solid foundation. My youngest is doing physical science. Now they do not have an online self-paced course that grades the kid for me in the physical science course yet. Maybe they'll come out with that next year. But right now they have class videos that go along with the book and the workbook. I've just started instituting those and they had a freebie go out. So I was able to kind of get the free class videos for the year for physical science. It was a great deal. Search for it if you're into that. And that has really helped her with some of her understanding to see them explain it, to see them show their slides and things like that versus kind of just doing the book and the workbook. Sometimes they will show the experiment as well as her kind of doing it on her own. Now I will say the math portion of that physical science course is a little bit difficult. What else are we doing? History and literature. We have been using Veritas Press omnibus courses for the past several years for our girls. Last year, I grew increasingly and increasingly unhappy with Veritas Press omnibus course, especially when it got to their modern history section. The ancient history section, the middle ages section, they're fine. Not thrilled, but it's a good, solid, heavy course. The closer and closer they got 
modern history and politics. And I grew increasingly unhappy with the course. So my youngest is doing, let's say the middle ages with Omnibus this year. I will be pulling her out of Veritas by the end of the year. We will not be using Veritas anymore. We're using it under duress because I couldn't come up with something better for her by the time we needed to start school. And the middle ages is fine. They cover a lot of really good literature within that program. When we were looking at moving my oldest up to their, what they would cover for 10th grade, Omnibus 4, I didn't like a lot of the books they were reading. Not because there was anything wrong with them. I just saw them as pointless. I thought there was a lot more richer history, ancient stuff for her to cover. So I'm going to go into what we did for her for history later on. So we just dropped Veritas for her and we're doing history completely different. Now, writing English, we have this tutor locally that we adore. And I wish I could multiply her for all of you. That's how much I love her. She is a local college professor. She's amazing. So for this year, our main focus is that my kids master the essay, the high school essay format. They need to master this year. So we do use the Veritas Press writing curriculum book as a spine for like their little mini daily lessons. Um, But she will add writing assignments onto that. So she pretty much runs their writing program and gives them their quote unquote grade. I have very, very little to do with it. extras, um, foreign language. My youngest wanted to take Chinese this year. So I organized a local tutor to come teach her and a friend Chinese in my house. Um, so we have like two people come in for Chinese class, the tutor and the extra kid. She's in eighth grade. I'm not really emphasizing foreign language because I'm not using this to count as her high school credit. I just want her to have fun, enjoy Chinese. Um, it is a really difficult language to learn um, because we are a bilingual, bicultural family. In high school, my kids are forced to take Spanish. They're not given an option because that is their native tongue. Both of them were Spanish speakers before they spoke English. They spoke Spanish as babies. It is a family goal of ours that our kids be bilingual and fluent by the time they graduate high school. It may or may not happen, but that is a family goal. Our oldest is taking Spanish with an in-person tutor. If you are looking at Spanish lessons and Spanish tutors, my biggest advice to you is to find a native speaker to teach your kids. So she shows up at nine o'clock every Monday morning and teaches my oldest for an hour. She is running it. You know, she likes to use specific workbooks and such. So again, she is running that class. I have to do nothing. Physical education, we require our kids to take a PE course. And I don't really care what they take as long as they're physically active. And it does have to be a class because we try to leave this open-ended and just say you have to be active and it didn't work. So now they have to go to a class once a week. I don't care what they do. My youngest is still taking tennis. She likes it when COVID restrictions allow. And my oldest is taking Muay Thai classes. So finally, we have found something that she loves versus tolerates. It's amazing. So she's doing really good. She does that once a week. My oldest is also taking an art class because she wants an art emphasis. She wants to go into art in college. I set up a homeschool art class at our local art college um, that an art professor is teaching and doing in their space. We fill it up with homeschool high school kids. So I kind of do the organizational of that so my daughter can have the class she wants. I also force my kids to take music. So they do music lessons once a week. It's a one-on-one lesson, mainly because there 
are no group music lessons here. If there were group music lessons, I would have them in the group music lessons for quote unquote socialization, but there are no group lessons in our area and there's no local homeschool orchestra that they could join, which is a shame. To me, it's just very important that they have a good, strong knowledge in music, be a well-rounded individual. Now, as far as kind of extra skills, courses I'm adding into their curriculum, it's not a real class, but I'm forcing them to learn. My youngest is taking a study skills course that I found through Mr. D Math. My oldest took it last year and they did a major, major revision between last year and this year is practically a brand new course. And it seems to be going better, frankly, than it did last year. So crazy, vast improvements in the course. It's completely different. My oldest is taking an SAT prep course through College Prep Genius. Why? Because we have been homeschooling from the beginning. My kids don't truly understand um, standardized test concepts and how to pass a standardized test, you know, all kind of little cheats we learned as kids. So I'm having them take a formalized class in it, but also my oldest is in 10th grade now, and it's time for her to start taking the SAT and the ACT to start getting into college. Now to wrap it all up, we've gone over most everything, right? I want to talk to you about the biggest change we made this year, which is ASU prep digital and ASU online courses. If you are in your elementary school ages, I don't want you to worry about this or stress out. Okay. If you're getting up toward high school, I highly recommend you listen in because this is what was the biggest help for me as we moved into the high school years. There is this concept called dual enrollment now in high schools, which means you enroll in a college course and you get both high school and college credit for it at the exact same time. So if you recall your college experience and you went to your freshman year English in college, honestly, it was a waste of my time because I had done all of that through my advanced level English classes in 11th and 12th grade. And then basically my freshman year English felt like a repeat. Instead of repeating it, why don't you take that quote unquote freshman year English, your junior or senior year of high school and get it over with and get college credit for it. Public schools are now doing this. And sometimes that college professor will come to the public school campus and basically teach the exact same course on the high school campus and everybody gets college credit for it. Woohoo! Often the classes are through a local community college. So just remember this, if you're not at the high school age yet, or if you are look into dual enrollment or concurrent programs. I started to look into this because because in the state that we're homeschooling under, you can start these classes in 10th grade. Every state varies of when kids can start. My situation was time zones are an issue for us where we currently live. Spent far too much time researching this, but I want to tell you what I found. ASU, Arizona State University, has a fabulous dual enrollment program. All those quote-unquote throwaway classes you have to take your freshman year gen ed courses are all set up as self-paced courses, meaning you can do them whenever the heck you want online. Through my recent searching of that, I found something called ASU Prep Digital. This is a virtual high school that is attached to ASU, the university, and is kind of run with the university. It's a great program. I highly recommend you look into this if you're at the high school level. My youngest actually took an ASL course as an elective. She took an ASL one. It's a high school elective that they let her take, even though technically she's in eighth grade. 
not really a college course yet, but a high school course. She adored this class, guys. I loved it. My oldest, I actually put in a history course. We were able to enroll her in an ASU history course through their dual enrollment program that this virtual school has with ASU. So I was able to go find a 200 level class, that sophomore history class. We were able to find her an art history course that she can get college credit for that will cover one of her basic requirements she will need when she goes to college and majors in art therapy like she wants. And I can count it as a history class for high school. Using their program, I was able to get her into a class that's not in the traditional ASU dual enrollment program. So they have their traditional dual enrollment classes. I wanted to do something outside of that realm. We went through ASU Prep Digital and registered through them. So an extra step of bureaucracy basically got her into that history course, which she adored. She loved it. I keep waiting for her to tell me she hates all of this and she's changing her mind, but she does. She loved it. She is 15 years old. She has her first college class out of the way. She made a 93. I'm so excited for her. She's 15 guys. That's so great. So some things to know, ASU Prep Digital has amazing support. You know, they're assigned quote unquote, a homeroom teacher. ASU Prep Digital works with homeschoolers. You can literally take one class at a time if you want. You don't have to take their full you know, virtual high school roster. We are not going full time. We just did one class this semester to try it out to see if the kids like it. And they adore it. They love it. ASU Prep Digital also offers online clubs, which we haven't really delved into very much, but there were a lot of them. One thing to know, however, is because we are not Arizona State residents, we did have to pay for the course, but it was very, very reasonably priced compared to what I've seen online. It was worth the investment. My kid has three college credits out of the way and done in 10th grade. Again, you know, we're looking at kind of classes that she can continue to add on for next semester and so on, but it's really, really worked out well for us. Let's say your kids are hitting that eighth grade range. This would be something I highly recommend you begin start researching now before they hit high school. Okay. So you can figure out how to do high school before you're in high school. If your kids are currently in high school, I would really highly recommend you look at ASU Prep Digital and ASU's virtual school dual enrollment kind of program. These have been amazing resources for us this year. I was really expecting to not be as thrilled with it as I am. I want to throw that out as a new resource. Oh, and ASU Prep Digital is a K through 12 program, by the way. So if your kids are younger, you can still talk to them and see what you can do. But my kids are older and that I only investigated the high school ages. That's what I have for you guys today. That's what we're using for homeschool this year. And I hope this information is very useful to you. Thanks for listening in to today's episode. Make sure you join us in our Facebook group for a continued discussion on today's topic and more. You will also find all the ways you can reach me online, including the link to our website, workingwellhomeschooling.com, in our show notes. Wondering how you can join in on our mission? Consider becoming a listener supporter with a small monthly donation through the link in the show notes. Subscribing to our podcast, your positive online reviews, sharing with your friends are all greatly appreciated as well. And I am always looking for new podcasts guests to interview. If this sounds like you, email me at julie at workingwhilehomeschooling.com. That's a wrap for today, but be sure to check out our next episode for Working While Homeschooling.